Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 12:30 to 3:770 CHQR. As you know, as you're all too well aware, we are having trouble getting pipelines built. You know, 10 years ago, it wasn't like this. For whatever reason, and probably through a variety of reasons, uh, it has changed considerably. Uh, and it comes at a time when there is an urgency to getting pipelines built. There was an economic case for getting pipelines built, despite what the environmentalists are going to tell you. Uh, that, you know, we, we really don't need these pipelines. There's really no economic case. There absolutely 100% is. And let me give you an example. Here's the story today from Bloomberg News. Canadian crude plunged to a record low relative to U.S. crude, hurt by reduced capacity at American refineries and a jump in production from new oil sands mega projects that has overwhelmed the nation's pipeline system. So let that sink in for a minute. The price of oil has recovered. Production is recovering. And yet, Alberta oil is selling at a record discount because... Our pipeline capacity can't handle it all. In other words, we need new pipeline capacity. And the longer we go without it, we're leaving a lot of money on the table. Uh, Joining us to talk a bit more about why we find ourselves in this situation. uh, Very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Samir Kayande. He's a director with RS Energy Group here in Calgary. Samir, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the program. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, we're used to talking about this discount or this bubble, as some have called it, but uh, it hasn't been this big in quite some time, has it? No, it hasn't. Um, it, it, I mean, it's very large. And uh, you, you, you kind of laid out the issues. I mean, one is there's been a, a small amount of production growth in Western Canada, uh, but there hasn't been an increase in the amount of uh, takeaway capacity. And that could be either pipeline or rail cars or, you know, whatever mode of transport you want, right? But uh, ultimately, when production is growing, then the uh, options for moving that oil out also have to increase. And, uh, and, and that just hasn't been the case over the last couple of years. Because here in Alberta, and certainly we went through some some tough years with the plunge in, in the price of the commodity, and, and that mm. hurts, right? We're, we've been waiting for this situation where we start to see the price bounce back. We start to see production bounce back. I mean, globally, the price is up. And as you say, there, there's been increases in production uh, here in Alberta. But it feels as though we, we, we're, we're missing a big part of that recovery. We are. I mean, it's 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 a problem, right? Because when commodity prices run, you want to be, you know, they 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 rise, they fall, and when it falls, and you get the full impact of the fall, and then when it rises, and you don't get the full impact of the rise, then uh, that that's that's definitely an issue for investors, and it's an issue for those who have jobs here for sure. Now, the other thing too is that there's some unique things going on, kind of this fall. Um, relating specifically to demand for Canadian heavy oil, uh, especially with Midwest refiners, um, that's probably contributing to some extent to uh, just the magnitude uh, of the of the discount, and and those are likely to be temporary and uh, should get 
you know, sort it out. But it's kind of in the, you know, it's this overall thematic background of a lack of egress capacity that's really, uh, um, you know, that is going away only slowly because pipelines take a long time to build. Yes, they do, as we've, as we've seen. Uh, but as you say, there are some more temporary conditions. We might see a, a, a slight closing of that gap in, in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, and I don't want to say slight or not slight because what, the thing is, when you're on the edge, um, you know, small changes can have a huge outsized impact, and that's kind of what we're seeing right now with like, you know, the massive discount being what it is, um, and you know, maybe it, you know, it, it, it gets very difficult to predict, right? Because uh, you could have a ten dollar move in, in within a couple of days, and suddenly you're at negative thirty rather than negative forty. Well, help people understand, because to a lot of people, it, it doesn't make sense why we see these different prices for Western Canadian Select or Brent or WTI, that, that oil is oil. But, but why, do we, why do we see these differences? Yeah, absolutely. This is actually for all commodities, right? Because uh, all commodities have both the specific commodity that you're talking about, so what it can be used for, um, and then they're, they, are all, they are all priced at a time and a place. So this means that because you know, it takes time and energy and uh, you know like a, like a supply chain in order to move uh, a commodity from where you have it to where you need it, um, and that has costs. And so you know when we talk about Western Canada, like, there's a couple of problems. There, there's a couple of structural uh, things with the oil that we have here. A lot of it is oil sands crude, and oil sands crude just needs more intensive processing to use it for what people need it for, meaning to fuel their cars or their diesel engines um, or to make petrochemicals out of. And so uh, it, that very intensive processing is generally not located in Western Canada. We've got some of it, uh, but we, 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 we manufacture far more heavy oil than we have processing capacity for here in Western Canada. And there's a, lot, there's a variety of really good reasons uh, why we haven't invested in that upgrading capability here, primarily because you can build upgrading on the U.S. Gulf Coast a whole lot cheaper than you can build it here. Um, they don't have winter, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> as we see, just looking out the window, um, and so fundamentally and structurally, there's a reason why Western Canadian oil is just cheaper, uh, especially the heavier grades, because it's just less usable. It needs more intensive processing in order to turn it into something useful. The other part of it is that it's further away from the markets where people use it. And so that means that you have to have transportation capacity. And if for whatever reason that transportation capacity is short, then whoever has it will charge a lot for it because they can. Um, and, um, you know, frankly, it, okay, fine, yes, it's unfair. But the second thing is you can also, like, build your own pipeline if you want to. Like, you know, you can fix that problem. Um, and and so it, it's kind of hard to tell somebody who took a risk that, oh, well, the minute that that risk is paying off, you can't actually uh, benefit from that. Well, and you mentioned the Gulf Coast, and, of course, that's mm. where eventually the Keystone XL pipeline is, is supposed to connect. Uh, mm. it, it looks as though that's moving forward in the U.S. There's there's also the Line 3 extension uh, project to the U.S. that, that seems yeah. to be moving along. So are, are, are there at least some bright spots on the horizon there? Yeah, I mean, we see some relief coming from, first of all, in the meantime, you can uh, ramp up rail. And a rail uh, has not been a popular option for Western Canadian producers because it's very expensive. Um, but at the same time, uh, clearly, those who have uh, set up rail movement are probably doing better than those who haven't. Uh, so then 
that that's the one thing that you can probably hit kind of in the next three to six month term. Uh, after that, in a year, Enbridge will be expanding their line three. Um, that will help also. Um, and then finally, like according to how we look at the world, you need one of Keystone XL or the Trans Mountain expansion. Both are kind of mired in, in a regulatory swamp right now. Um, but if even one of those pipelines gets built, uh, then the situation will be much better. And that's part of the whole story here, right, is that when there are many pipelines that are competing for business, then you end up with a stronger uh, overall transportation situation because you don't need to count on every single pipe. You know, if only half of them go forward, then, then you're okay. Yeah, and I mean, ideally, I think, you know, at least with the Trans Mountain Pipeline and the Keystone XL, I mean, just to get both of those moving forward would, would be good. Is is one preferable to the other? Is is it preferable to get to the West Coast and get, get to Asia as opposed to just continuing to ship more to the U.S., even though it is, is to the Gulf Coast? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, the way, I mean, thematically, uh, the Gulf Coast has a very large proportion of the world's heavy oil processing capacity. Um, from uh, like from, from an industrial standpoint, like it is just it, it's just a very very deep uh, uh, kind of co- uh, refining complex there. Mm-hmm. So you know, a part of it is that. You know, having a multiplicity of markets is better than having one market. Um, having one of those markets be the Gulf Coast is actually very important because of the em- enormous amount of heavy oil processing capacity that they have. Um, and then, you know, in light of those circumstances as well, um, you know, getting access to some heavy and uh, processing capacity in uh, India and China would, would also be helpful for sure. So right. it, it's kind of yeah. like, you know, we, we don't really have a view on whether one is better than the other because it depends on the specific costs that a producer is taking on in order to get their oil to that market. Right. And, and, I mean, both would be ideal, I suppose, then. Yeah, you want yeah. more, you want, you know, it's like everything else. You want more rather than less. Yeah, indeed. All right, well, we'll see how things play out in the coming weeks and months. Much more, as mentioned, uh, RS Energy Group, rseg.com. Samir, thank you so much for the insight, and thanks for making some time for us here today. Oh, thanks for having me. There you go. That's Samir Kayande. He's a director with the RS Energy Group here in Calgary. So his thoughts on why we're seeing such a massive discount for Western Canada Select and what it's going to take to close that gap. 974-8255 is our number. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.